0: hey i'm lauren McMullen, and i can't even tell you how excited i am that you're joining me today all you need to join in on this journey is the willingness to open your mind to new perspectives this podcast is a place for learning through the experience of listening to other stories for bringing us together for being empowered for acceptance of yourself and others for the business-minded, the spiritual, the fun-loving, the silly. In other words, you. Come along with me on this path of self-awareness and love. There is no better time than now. So welcome to Soul Radiant Radio. Hello and welcome back once again to Soul Radiant Radio. I'm really excited today to introduce you to this Abundant Babe I have on. Her name is Viola Hug, and she is an intuitive business coach and a mentor for visionaries. She's also the host of the Abundant Babes, a podcast for the Visionary podcast, the author of You Are an Abundant Babe, which is a really nice book. You should go out and get it, and an educational and motivational speaker. So right now she's living digital nomad style all over the world. She's working with clients to help them set up and scale their soul businesses and empowering women everywhere to just know that they have what it takes to tease all of their wildest dreams. So I want to give a huge welcome to you, Viola. Welcome.
1: Thank you. (laughs) That is so nice. Uh,
0: Oh, I'm so excited to have you on I just know this episode is going to be a lot of fun because we are just, we vibe on so much of the same stuff within mm-hmm. our own businesses and our own mindsets. And so this is going to be more like a catch up call and like lots of fun with.
1: Oh my gosh. I'm so about. excited. Yay! Yes. Please. Oh,
0: I am too. I want to like jump right in because I feel like I have a million questions just popping up in my head already. Um, mm-hmm. But first, I would love it if you could tell us a little more about you, more
1: than that formal
0: <laughs> introduction mm-hmm. I just gave you. Tell us who you are, where you're from, kind of give us what your story is, what is your background, how did you get here?
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, it is so complex and so crazy. I know for sure Lawrence talked about human design on the podcast before, I'm a line exactly. six, meaning I have many, many lifetimes within my lifetime. Yes. But to condense it, I am. I've basically been like a form of a digital nomad I feel my whole life like I was born and went on a, my first flight at 10 days old because my parents had me on holiday I was born in Canada to German parents and since then we've really been moving around and traveling like I've settled for the past probably 15 years um, in New Zealand or I say past 15 years but past 15 years up until last year when my husband and I totally like went full rogue digital nomad like sold all of our belongings um sold all everything other than to carry on bags basically to travel with and we've been non-stop since then we made our way over to Europe spent a little bit of time in Africa and now we've just hopped on over to Canada so I'm glad to be back and my husband always jokes like, cause I have this weird, like mixed accent between like Canadian and New Zealand. But my husband jokes like five minutes after arriving in Nova Scotia, like I sound 10 times more Canadian already. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I've had this in my blood for a long time, but it was one of those things that when I was um, growing up, I like, of course I had visions for myself. Like I've always had massive goals that's part of just who I am. I'm meant to shine big in this world. And of course, there was times growing up that I really resented that I just wanted to be like everyone else. I just wanted to be normal. But I was not my family was not nothing about me was. And um, I knew entrepreneurship was kind of like a path for me. I just didn't really know what that meant or what that would entail. But it was like, every time I pictured myself in the future, I was like, my own boss, I was doing things I loved. And everyone thought I had my head up in the clouds for that. But I really think my soul was just speaking to me so clearly about the path that I was meant to be living in this life. And I'm glad I never got turned away from that for like too long yeah. <laughs> before I started pursuing it. Because I mean, we can easily like, you know, I think a lot of us have that pull, but then we like doubt it and we don't take action on it. And yes, um, I mean, through a series of events, I decided to act and I started my first business in 2012. And for a very long time, I was um, the quote unquote, like struggling entrepreneur mm-hmm. with Always a positive mindset, always a ton of optimism and I always knew it would pay off long term. so I never even once thought of quitting even when we nearly had to declare bankruptcy, when things were just not going well, when I was literally working 10 times harder than I thought I needed to and not getting results like you know through all of that I just kept going and then all of a sudden, the switch between 2017 and 18, I started my coaching business and things just like aligned so fast like my head was literally spinning and even today I'm like in the last year like like for example I last year I started off with nothing other than like I'm gonna start a coaching business (laughs) and now you know we're fully funding all of our travel from the business where um I've written a book I've started a podcast which is amazing um I (laughs) yeah (laughs) yes and you've also been on my podcast which is awesome (laughs) And, you know, like all these crazy things happen. I'm just like, what the heck? But I mean, that's one version of the story. <laughs> yeah,
0: that was a very condensed version of everything that's happening in your life, for sure. Yeah. Um, You mentioned about having to nearly declare bankruptcy at some mm-hmm. point throughout this journey and now how your business have just kind of taken off. So I wanted to know if you have any tips around the mindset with wealth and and what does wealth actually look like to you? Is it just a monetary thing or is it other things in your life that build that wealth for you?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's such a good question. I think like Um, wealth. I love that you use that word because I really do feel like wealth is like the mindset of it. It's like a way of being right. Like we can talk about like being rich and we can talk about whatever, like there's all different terminologies and I'm, I'm, everyone's going to have their own definition of it. But to me, like wealth is a word that feels just so beautiful because it's, um, it's a way of being, it's a mindset, it's, um, an energy that we can tap into similar to the concept of abundance. Right. Yes. And, um, i I definitely do feel that there's like um, multiple aspects that create wealth in our life you know it's it 's not only like how um, rich we are with money however it 's how rich our life feels to us yeah um, however, at the same time, when I talk about wealth, um, I do also really love um, giving the value and kind of like the, shining the spotlight on money because I do feel like it has um, such a powerful impact on everything in our lives. And it's gotten such a bad rep for such a long time. Like everyone always wants to kind of like justify, like if they say a financial goal, they have to justify it with like some other reason. Mm -hmm. Like I love, I don't know if you've, um, ever read like Jensen Chero. um, you are a badass at making money. Yes. She she like says in that book, it's like, people are like, I love pizza. They don't feel like they need to justify it and say, but my family's also really important to me. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's like, you can just love money. You can just be excited about creating wealth and if your heart's in the right place and you're like a wonderful person, which you will be, if that's even a concern for you, like you're only ever, it's only ever going to amplify the good in you. Like I really do believe that. And especially for us, like the people listening to this podcast um, we're all in this space where we are like soul radiant, like, you know, that's who we are and it's going to amplify that magnificence. Yeah. Um, I don't think I answered your question, but
0: (laughs) get back to that. It was good. All of it was good. And as you were talking, I was just thinking, you know, it's true. We each come with a very different mindset around money specifically within wealth. It's, it's, it can be demonized. It can be conceived as being evil We all have these very different places. Some people are just like, you know, money is a resource. And I think hearing that for the first time is what really started to change my mindset around it and kind of going through and breaking through limiting beliefs, which I know we're going to talk a lot about today as well. But um, the other day I was playing a game with my daughter, Quinn, who's six, and my husband. And it is a game called say anything. And basically one person asks the question and you have to write down on like a whiteboard your answer and then put it down and they pick which answer goes well with whatever they said. And my husband asked the question to the two of us that was, what is the one most important thing in life? And so I wrote down love Mm -hmm. and put that down. Quinn, who is in kindergarten and is just kind of learning how to sound things out and write things down, you know, without any help from us, writes her answer down. She throws it down and she didn't quite spell it correctly, but she put money. Mm. And I thought it was really interesting. You know, I, I laughed because I'm like money. She is all about money right now. Like that is, that's (laughs) what she thought was important. And when I said money, Quinn, really? And she said, you gotta pay your bills, you need money to live. And I was like, you are right, girlfriend. Like, and I'm not yeah. even gonna discourage you from thinking that money is very important to have in your life because in the way that society is built and what we have to do, it is an absolute resource that you need in order mm-hmm. to
1: and, and really it's have like,
0: anything or do anything or even to get your message out further. If you're somebody mm-hmm. you know, in a heart-led or a soul-based business, you need that resource in order to have your message heard more out yes. to a broader audience so i just
1: i thought and, was- and i think there's like so much correlation as well between like um how we challenge yourself to grow like i really do believe like all of us are really abundant at our most um uh like at our core state at our soul state yes. and um as humans we put so many limitations on ourselves and just the way that generations have been for so long like money is unfortunately one of those things as that has been so looked down upon mm-hmm. um and i like part of it's probably because of the power that it allows us to have as well like you know with yeah. this whole thing about like the suppression of the feminine energy and sexual energy and like all of these like other crazy things that are kind of like uprising at the moment yeah um but the the thing is like the more we're stepping into our purpose the more we're stepping into alignment like the universe loves rewarding us. And that's through like creating opportunity for us, giving us opportunity to have deeper connection with the people in our lives. And money is a part of that. And like in a really amazing part. And this took me a lot to learn as well. Like the first time, like I'd always kind of had that, like, yeah, I want to make money, but I like did totally felt like I needed to justify it. And I, um, and I was so backwards with my beliefs around money that, Um, I had, I was a completely different person around money mindset than I am now, which is what led us to near bankruptcy. Um, And it was around that time when we're just like, like, we literally couldn't pay our bills, like our bills were 10 times what we were earning. And we, um, I was like, this has to change. I picked up my first book on money. And I was like, I need to read this, and I felt sick reading it. And then in the book, they're like, you have to go through and like calculate your debt. And I'm like, what? Like, you know, I wanted to throw up. Yeah. Um, but I did it and it was terrifying. But it was the start of such a massive shift because the more I built a relationship with money, the more I started to actually also recognize where I was already experiencing abundance, where I was, you know, being a little bit disrespectful to the way that I was treating money and where I was doing well. I built this um, relationship on like a a tangible level with like budgeting or I don't like that word necessarily, but you know, like tracking my finances and um, my wealth building. Mm -hmm. And then as well with on an energetic realm where I'm really just allowing myself to understand that abundance and wealth doesn't come from an external resource. We create that through stepping into an energy that then attracts the material versions of that into our life. Yeah. Um, and suddenly like our life really, really started to shift. And that's like, I honestly believe it was like the energy and the mindset that got us out of that situation. It had like, we, no one ever came to save us, you know, that's, that's what it took.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I just, Oh, and I just completely lost my train of thought, but (laughs) (laughs) um, I remember I've heard you say so many times again, about relationship with money how do if if money was your friend like how would you treat it if if money was something that you know you're supposed to be in a loving relationship with money you know are you actually disrespecting it just like you said you you had been really disrespectful (laughs) to your money in some ways and Mm -hmm. I think it's true you do have to be willing to just like anything else around mindset kind of pull back the layers and look at kind of the root cause Mm -hmm. um You know, what I started doing, um, and I think it's an Amanda Francis thing, is writing a forgiveness list of Mm -hmm. all of the things that have happened in my life that have caused me to look at money in some sort of way as to why I can't have it, why I'm not worthy of having money or whatever it is. And I just think all of those things are really helpful to try and get to the root cause of something because obviously just being like, oh, I love money. It's great, but if you're not energetically digging into why, what's going on, what's causing you to actually have that resistance, you're not really meaning it when you say it. Mm -hmm. Nothing is going to change. You might be putting a band-aid on, but you are not fixing the root cause of of what's going on.
1: Yeah. And that that's actually just like inspired me just to mention as well, like sometimes people are like, Oh, what does disrespecting money mean? Like, do you mean just like dissing it? Yeah. (laughs) And yes, that's freaking part of it. Like you can't go around being like, I'm so broke when you have like if you have one cent. If you have like any material possession, you are not broke, honey. Like yeah. you rein it in, right? Like have respect and like gratitude for what's there because that's the only way for, for more to come in and I know what you're thinking right now. You're like, oh, but it's easy for you to say. No, like listen, yeah. I was there. It is hard. Yeah. But it's when you shift that mindset, magic starts to happen and it's it's so incredible. But it definitely takes the discipline of like really committing to this new way of thinking and being. Other ways that we disrespect money as well is by not looking at what's in our bank account by not knowing how much we're spending versus how much is coming in by also buying things out of the from that space of like um, it's almost like a validation why we're purchasing versus like, I really need this and it's going to enhance my life in this moment. You know, like whether that's going to enhance your life through joy, through self-care, through necessity, you know, whatever it is. But it's kind of like, I remember when I used to go shopping for clothes and it's not that I needed new clothes. It's that a part of me felt validated being like, oh, I'm shopping for clothes. And sometimes it's hard to see that when you're in it. Like I saw it definitely more in hindsight than I did at the time. But even if you look back on your life, like where are there purchases where, you know, like, yeah, that was not really, I did not need to spend that money. Yeah. Like starting to be aware of that can also really bring your awareness to where you might be disrespecting money. And then you can say, okay, well, how can I make more empowered decisions here? And it's going to help a lot with any abundance mindset. Yeah, absolutely. And it makes me think of
0: um, you had mentioned something a while ago. I think in your stories on Instagram, then it inspired me to write a post. You're so lucky, um, or must be nice um, having that type of an attitude or saying those types mm-hmm. of things. You know that is very, to me, eye-opening about what your mindset is around mm-hmm. money and other people having things. Um, yeah. And I really feel like if you're noticing yourself start to say things like that, like, oh, you're so lucky you're traveling the world, Viola. Like, no, I, <laughs> I had to do these things in order to get to this point. But it wasn't luck. It is the fact that I actually worked to get here. Um, mm-hmm. The same thing with must be nice to me. That is like total lack mentality as far as like money goes as well. Like, oh, you bought this new house. Oh, that must be nice. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel Mm -hmm. like those are the types of comments that are made. And sometimes we don't even realize obviously that we're making comments like this, but I think it's really Mm -hmm. good to kind of grab a thought like that and kind of turn it around to, Oh, that's a really great idea. I'd like to do that too. Now I'm going to work towards whatever it is, or Mm -hmm. that's nice for you. Not quite my style. Maybe I'm going to think about doing something in a different way. But I, I think that that is something that I hear a lot is like, you're so lucky and oh, must be nice or mm, whatever. And it so just, it can drive me crazy. And it's not that I think that those people are like bad people or trying to be hateful. I just think that is very, um, calls a lot of attention to me, at least when you say it of like, Oh, I know where your mindset is, kind of is. And I'm like, you can have it too. You can have anything you want. You create
1: your life in the way that you sometimes want. Sometimes that's the most confronting thing for someone though, right? Like, yeah. because even just being able to be like, Oh, like, you know, admitting to yourself, like sometimes we have that as a defense. It's like, Oh, like, Oh, that must be nice for you. Or like, Oh, you're so lucky. It's kind of like putting the, um, the responsibility off our own shoulders mm-hmm. and also sometimes when there's i think this duality happens in a lot of people and i think people really struggle with it and i know that i did it's like where's the balance between wanting more but being grateful for what you have yeah and there's this this complex that happens with some parts of society as well where um we actually convince ourselves we're happy with what we have just so we don't feel the pain of what we not having what we actually desire yeah and that's where a lot of those types of statements come from So it's like for you listening, really like check yourself, but from a loving way, because like we've all been there and this is something I'm constantly doing all the time again. Like we have to consistently just check in and be like, well, where's this comment coming from? And is there something that I could do about this? Because the fact of the matter is, is that we are always in a position where we can be empowered to move towards what we desire and we don't need to make excuses for why we don't have them. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love it. Um, We're kind of on this
0: topic, but I'd like to keep it going. I want to shift it a little more to what is your definition of success? I think it's very different for all of us, but I'd like to know, like for you, what does
1: success look like or what does that mean to you? The word that always comes to mind when I think of success is freedom for me. It's like this um, complete um, weightless feeling where um, I have the freedom to choose to wear what I want on any given day. Mm-hmm. I have the freedom to be in whatever country, and this is why sometimes visas really annoy me. <laughs> like, I'm a free woman <laughs> No, but um you know it's like I get to travel when I choose to if I want a warmer climate, I have the freedom to hop on a plane like that's what I imagine with success and I have the freedom to um uh, to create the time to. Uh, Pour into my relationship. Like if I'm ever needing to nurture my relationship, I can do that. When I start a family, I'll have the freedom to be able to choose how I spend my time with them, and also the freedom to choose how I role model for my my future family. Right? Like it's this concept of really having life by design from from a way that literally just feels so incredible Mm -hmm. because it's um truly comes back to what feels good for me at that time. Yeah, absolutely. I love that.
0: Um, And the reason I bring up success is because I just want to highlight for anyone listening that success can be anything you want it to be. I think for me, I grew up feeling like success was defined in the way that my family defined it Mm -hmm. Um, or success. And maybe they didn't even define it that way. And I just made up the rules in my head, which happened as well Mm -hmm. was like, oh, you have to go to college and get a degree and you have to get a really good job and make good money and you have to work hard to do that. And you need to also have a family and have two kids and have a house. And you know, all of those things to me, that was what success was. And I spent so many years in a career where I felt like I was chasing success. It didn't matter that I, you know, got offered another job, that I was headhunted by other companies, that I was offered more and more money and better benefits as I jumped around. And I really, I really expanded my income in, in a 10 year period, you know, quite a bit, but I was still not fulfilled and it took all of that as well as some other things to kind of like, eventually I just hit a wall and it was like, this is not fulfilling this can't be mm-hmm. what success actually is. I will never hit success if that's what it is. The target is constantly moving. It's never where I was. And so I think at the start of my journey, that was a huge realization. It's kind of, it started with what is my definition of success? Mm-hmm. And it's now shifted. My definition of success is no longer all of those things. It's working from a place of flow. It's of not having to work hard to make money. It's um, having the freedom and the time to choose how I want, the flexibility of my own schedule to choose, again, how I can spend time with my family more, how I can be here, how I can be more involved with my girls and their schooling, um, how I can, you know, take them, I would love to at some point, and it's going to happen, be able to take them from the day they get out of school in the summer and just travel all summer because I can work from anywhere. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd love to still have a home base for them, obviously, but I want to be able to take them around the world and really show them the things that I haven't even gotten to see yet. Because Mm -hmm. I think it's a really good place for them to get to see the world, get to see all the different cultures that people live very differently. I don't want to keep them in a small bubble where they stay in the mindset of the people around them. I want them to be world travelers to be very experienced Mm -hmm. in all the different cultures and, you know, traditions of the world. Um, So I just wanted to ask you about your definition of success because it is, it's very different for all of us, but I think it really ultimately comes from a place of what is fulfilling to you because that's what success is. When you are fulfilled,
1: you're successful.
0: End of story. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what it looks like on the outside.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Freaking Lutely. So
0: so we talked about success. I want to know, because you have been dubbed or you dubbed yourself, I'm not really sure. When I started following along with your journey, you would say, I am the eternal optimist. I want to know, how do you stay eternally optimistic? What are your tips to keeping a positive mindset going?
1: Mm, This is a good question because... I have a really interesting like relationship or I've had an interesting story around, um, optimism and positivity. Like I, I they're, they're slightly different. I feel like optimism, I think is like the, the ability to be able to see things, um, from like a silver lining perspective. Positive is like, um, always like looking for the, the best, right. Expecting the best kind of thing. So it's kind of like how you're looking at the situation versus ex- expecting, but here's the interesting thing is that for me, I, I grew up more likely to be optimistic or positive. It was just my, I don't know. I just was like, yeah, like about a lot of things in life. And I would be annoying even as a kid. Like I remember like people at school would be like, Oh, Viola, like not everything works out that way. I'm like, yeah, but it could. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So I tend to be a little bit more skewed that way, but I definitely had this, like the, the dark ages of my life. Like I call them my, this like Five to seven year period where things were just a complete shit show for me. Mm -hmm. And I definitely lost a lot of it during that time. Um, but then when I started to come back out of that and I started my entrepreneurship journey and I started personal development, it was like, I was really caught up in this mentality that like part of success was needing to always have a positive mindset about everything. And although that is true is like, I do believe to expect the best. I do believe that everything happens for us and it happens for a good reason. And I believe that we are divinely supported beyond what we can even comprehend. So there's like nothing to be mad about really. Mm However, When we take on positivity on something that really needs to be dealt with—that's a negative emotion, some a fear, a limiting belief—and we just try to like plaster on top, and they're like, "No, I I I see this fear, but I hand you a big positive sandwich to put on top of it." (laughs) Yeah, we literally like encapsulate these negative feelings and they're not gone. We've literally just painted them. It's like painting a poop with glitter. Like it's still a fucking shit. Like (laughs) a a little bit too excited there, but it's still a big poop. Right. And, um, and what happens when we do that is we actually can, um, create this, um, self perpetuation of the same problem happening over and over again in our life and not only continuously happening but amplifying every time like it gets worse yes (laughs) right like it just keeps snowballing and um, I want to bring this up because I think this is such a massive misconception Um, and especially like when people do spend time with me I'm like always like "Ah, positive about everything but I had to learn how to deal with this because when I was in that space in my life um, it was, I like never even would admit to myself that it was hard. I would never admit to myself that things weren't going that well because I was scared that I would manifest it. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I remember the first time that I was like, well, maybe I'm allowed to acknowledge that things are hard. I broke down crying because it was like this massive relief. Cause I had all of this pain inside that, um, I'd been ignoring because I thought if I ever focused on it, I would manifest the worst things in the world. Yeah. And so it's like, I think part of keeping an optimistic mindset and um, keeping positive is literally choosing to not look at a circumstance and expect the worst, like not um, looking at other people and expecting the worst, like setting your life up to how you really would love it to go. Like, what would you really love? Because sometimes we don't do that because we're scared of disappointment. It's like, oh, well, if I you know, don't expect much, then I won't be disappointed. But you know, when we talk about manifestation, you really do want to expect the best. Yeah. However, when it comes to dealing with emotion or dealing with fear, we also have to acknowledge that because that part of ourselves, that shadow self actually has so much to teach us. And um, so it's almost like we can look at that and we can deal with that and we can allow ourselves to feel emotion, but we don't move into that emotion or that fear because we think it's the truth. Like an, an example would be like, um, oh, I'm scared that I'm never going to be successful, right? That was a fear I had yeah. because it was taking me such a freaking long time to find myself. Yeah. And so I had this fear, I'm never going to be successful. I thought if I, if I listened to that belief for one second, then I would manifest it and I would never be successful. So I ignored it. And so I kept perpetuating. But then when I decided to focus on it for a second, I just said, well, where are you coming from? I said, hello, fear. Like, what are you doing here? Like, yeah. And then it was just like this horrible feeling and I cried and I was like, okay, well I've had all of these hard times, you know, I've witnessed, then I, all of these memories started flooding. I've witnessed my dad never get as successful as he wanted to. And he passed away before he could ever reach that phase in his life. Mm-hmm. I've witnessed um, the only entrepreneur role models I, I ever had were struggling entrepreneurs. There's no one that ever got successful. And I started to realize all of these things and I thought, okay, So this fear is coming up because obviously I need to let go of some of these beliefs and move past them and witness where they're coming up in my life. So it was like I witnessed them. I wasn't like, oh, now this is my new story I get to tell myself. It's just like, oh, you're there. What do you have to show me? And okay, thank you. Now I can, you know, trust that this is all happening for a good reason, right? That's the positivity. This is all happening for my growth. This is all happening to support me. And now let's move on with our life absolutely yeah. i mean the biggest lessons come from
0: quote unquote mistakes mm-hmm. i feel like um also like you were saying you know if you don't turn around and face the emotions that are coming up because th- that was very real for me too um i was also that eternal optimist type of a person where i'm like something would come up it felt uncomfortable but i'd be like i'm fine it's fine we're all good we're just going to move over here we're going to look at the bright side we're looking at the silver lining all the time we're not actually acknowledging the crap that was being internalized. And it just kept bottling up and bottling up and bottling up. And I can always tell like when my body or my higher self is like enough, I'm just like forced to like drop things out of my mouth that I'm like, Oh crap. I didn't know that I meant to say that. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, like I didn't maybe mean to actually say that out loud, but it just happened because I can no longer hold that within me. And mm-hmm. Part of that is what I kind of feel like I hit as well with that energetic yeah. wall I hit to really spin me off into like, okay, now I need to just figure out who I am and what honestly I want. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, we're, we're a cyclic being. So if you keep ignoring something or sometimes we work on healing something and then it pops up again anyway, because we haven't done enough work around it. We've done enough to move forward and feel good again, but then it's going to keep happening until we actually get to the root and it's figure out what is it's going on.
1: Honestly, I'm in a mastermind right now and there's um, like eight women in there and they're all from different um, parts of their business. Like some of them literally just launched. Some of them are like making like money that will make your head spin and the same fears come up for everyone. Every single person is having like the same types of fears and it's just so interesting because you know, like every um, layer of success, every up level actually holds with it, like an, a way that we can grow through a fear. And so it's like when, and I think that's a big uh, misconception a lot of people have that one, that the fear is going to go away when you deal with it once and you never have to deal with it again. Or two, that it's that they're not actually teaching us anything because they are like what, every time they come up and you're in a, you're in a different space in your life or your business, you're going to, and be able to deal and handle and work through that emotion or fear in a different way. And it's going to allow you to grow even more. So it almost like can catapult you in a way as well.
0: Absolutely. It's Mm -hmm. it's like your own catalyst within Mm -hmm. you (laughs) spring up to life. And you're like, all right, well, here we go again. I mean, that's how it can feel sometimes, but Mm -hmm. it's, you know, it takes a lot of courage Mm -hmm. to really face those shadows, those, fears, those uh, irrational beliefs that we've, you know, limited ourselves with, it really takes a lot of courage, I think, to face them, but it's so easy to do so. Mm -hmm. Um, Speaking of Mm masterminds and kind of, you were saying, you know, you didn't have role models of what, you know, success actually looked like, you know, people getting successful as far as money or Mm -hmm. as successful as they wanted to do you find that it's really important in any stage that you're at that you are surrounding yourself with people who are already on the level that you'd like to be at?
1: Yeah. Like I feel like community is such an important thing because I mean, we're all energetic beings, right? And we calibrate to the energies around us. Like there's the, the old adage that like people said, like, I don't know, hundreds of years ago, like you could become an average of the five people you spend the most time with. Like, I'm sure it was adapted somehow somewhere, mm-hmm. but this like saying has been true forever because, um, and also like, I remember someone's like, oh, my great, great grandfather used to say like, this is an old man telling me this. And he's like, <laughs> he used to tell me um, if you, if what was it? If I want to know who you are, I say, show me your friends and I'll tell you who you are. Ooh. Like, and it's like this yeah. whole thing. And It's like because the people in our lives really, really influence us. And sometimes we don't necessarily always have control over the people in our immediate lives. Mm -hmm. However, um, when we want to um, learn and adapt, we need to get around people who are in the vibe of what we're wanting to be, whether that is people who are doing um, better than you, or, you know, I guess better is not the right word, but further along in their journey than you in a particular area you're wanting to grow in, or they're just people who are excited about the same types of things as you. Mm -hmm. Like these people are going to fuel you with the right energy to pursue your goals.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I find that to be true for myself. Once I, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy because I feel like, again, my circle is changing all the time. Mm -hmm. Like the people I am actually communicating the most with changes a lot. That doesn't mean that the people I used to communicate with more and I'm communicating less with are any less important to me or that I love them any less. But I find that I'm constantly striving to refill the spots around me with people who are inspiring me, Mm -hmm. people who Mm -hmm. are supporting and uplifting my same journey or my message, whether they, are all about the same thing or not, but they're still being super supportive. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just feel like if if you're constantly looking at someone else who is still going, when you have those moments that flare up again, those fears, those limiting beliefs, they're giving you the inspiration to keep going. Because if you keep going, you're going to get to that same level. There's no way that you won't. Mm -hmm. The only way you're not going to actually get to it is if you quit. So I find that it's, it's really important for me as well to continue to kind of rotate around just based on where it is I want to go and what direction I'm heading in, who's Mm -hmm. actually sitting, I guess, supposedly, you know, those five seats, um, those, I feel like you have to choose kind of Mm -hmm. who you're mixing your energy with because the other thing is because we're energetic beings, who you are surrounded by does really affect you and it could be completely unconsciously. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, especially, you know, we talked about human design a little bit, we have these open centers and we have these gates that are not defined and you can be activating a gate in me that I don't have, or we can have conflicting gates or, (laughs) you know, so I think, you know, who you're surrounding yourself is really, really important. And especially if you're looking to up level yourself in some sort of way, find the person who's at the level that you're striving to be. And start, you know, kind of communicate with them or at least just follow their journey on Mm -hmm. social media or whatever to kind of surround yourself in that energy.
1: Yeah. And it's like, I think with um, like social media is your opportunity to flood yourself with anyone and anything that resembles like an inspiration to you. But also be really, really mindful of your mindset because if you're following all these people and you start comparing yourself, (laughs) it's not gonna you know it's still it's still a good community to be in then rather than like a community that's like completely destructive to where you want to go however you you want to watch your mindset and sometimes this is also really powerful for your growth is to witness how you react because you also have to remember that every single person you follow is a person they have fears they have challenges they're just showing up every single day and they keep going and that's really the challenge for you as well and then I think over and above that having um this is like, I'm so adamant on the power of investing as well. So when you invest in whether it's a one-on-one coach, whether you work in like a mastermind group or a program, like when you can find something that you can invest in as well, it's almost like you can get way more clear direction in, in exactly what you're doing. And for me, like, um, how it's helped me having a coach is really like speeding up the process. Like the amount of time it takes me on my own to pick up um, to notice even if like if I can notice that I have a thought that 's not necessarily um, super empowering like I mean there 's the obvious ones where it 's like oh i 'm not good enough, like we can pick those up pretty easy but it 's minor tweaks and um, like for example, a belief that I tweaked for myself with or even that for most people it 's like the my, life happens to you versus life happens for you mm-hmm. that 's such a minute tweak that sometimes we don 't notice it, but when we can actually embody that and understand that new belief like that's how we jump levels. You know, that's how we rather than us taking a year to evolve into whatever, we can kind of like skip steps and a coach can see that for you before you can see it for yourself yeah. and redirect you, like recalibrate you into the right direction. And that for me is like the power and the benefit of um not only being around people who um are where you want to be, but like investing to be in their space and be in their energy and and get, you know, that help, have them help you adjust to where you want to go. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And and sometimes you don't even, as, as self-aware as you can be, Mm -hmm. you can't always Mm -hmm. notice absolutely everything. There are some things in ourselves that we're still blind to. So having a supportive mentor or a coach is so important because they get to shine light on that for you.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you
0: realize you were making this statement over and over? Do you realize you're talking about yourself in this type of a way? Because mm-hmm. we don't hear ourselves all the time when we're speaking. You know, we don't yeah. hear the things that might be like, oh, let me just tweak mm-hmm. this one little thing. Tweak the way that you say this. Tweak the way you think about this. Mm-hmm. That's so important. And yeah, you can find it in your newsfeed, but having a coach.
1: Is- yeah. And I resisted it for so long too, because I was just like, oh, but you know, I'm pretty good. Like I'm really committed. Like, you know, I always kind of made excuses and really, to be honest, I was scared of the investment, um, which now I'm just like, lol. But I mean, we all go through those phases (laughs) and we all need to grow through it. And um, also what was the other thing that you said? Oh, it's like the whole thing about, it's like the best best coach even needs a coach. It's like the best brain surgeon in the world can't give themselves brain surgery. Yeah. Like that's really what it comes back to.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And um, I want to talk about the other side of that spectrum as well, because where you were maybe saying, oh, I'm not sure if I want to make that investment. There are also the people who are like, I'm buying everything I can possibly find putting themselves in debt and, and still not taking on the information that they are feeling like they're not getting anything out of courses or coaches or programs or whatever that it is that they're buying. And I just wanted to know if you have any sort of perspective on that for somebody who's maybe like, Oh, I need to do this program. And I need to do that program. And I still don't feel like I'm up leveling to where I need to be. Any kind of thoughts mm-hmm. around that type of a mindset?
1: Yeah. I mean, like there's, there's different ways to look at it. In one perspective, it's like sometimes what's happening for people is they're going into programs and they're not really applying what they're learning. So like, you know, you hear people saying, they're like, oh, well, do a program and really apply it and really learn it before you invest in another one, which is definitely good advice. Like definitely apply. But I think the biggest thing is the reason why people do that is because we, the way we act in the world is based on who we believe we are. And who we believe we are is based on who we've been in the past. Mm -hmm. And so if we in the past have been disorganized, if we in the past have done a program and not fully um, taken on board what was in it, or if we in the past have doubted ourselves, then why do we think that suddenly because we're in a program, it's all going to be different? Right? Like when there's investment involved, that is enough sometimes to push people, um, over the line of like, okay, I'm not going to fall into those habits. But the, the way that the human psyche works is sometimes even after we've invested, even if it was a scary investment, we kind of start to forget after a couple of weeks. Like we've all made the decision to buy like a pair of shoes that we're like, Ooh, shouldn't have bought that. And then we like, forget about it. And the money's back after a while, you know, like, yeah, it's like one of those things that happens. And when you go into a program and you don't, have this conversation with yourself to be like, how have I limited myself in the past and how can I act differently this time and really hold yourself to that. And, um, I believe like, uh, I mean, for me, it's something that I hold um, people in my programs accountable to as well, because I know that's a huge thing that holds people back. So it's great when you can have someone really aware of that coaching you through as well. But I never believe that it's actually the coach or the program's problem. Like it always is. It's your own problem. Right. Um, Because even if it's the most simplistic, basic program, that wasn't what you thought it was going to be. If you really showed up and you said, well, what can I learn here? Like, what is the one piece of information that could add value to what I'm doing? You would learn something.
0: Right. Absolutely. And I love something that you have always said that always sticks with me when I go to do a program or a course or work with a coach or whatever I'm doing. Is that you always need, it doesn't matter how much knowledge you already have, you need to always come with a beginner's mindset. Yeah. That's one of the favorite, that's like one of my favorite things that you say all the time because it is so true. When you come with a mind full of like, I already know this, I already know what you're talking about, you shut down and you don't absorb any new information. You don't take any in, you don't bring any on board, and you don't try to integrate anything new. When maybe it is that you and I know a lot about the same subject, but when you speak about it, you do it in a different perspective that maybe hits differently than what maybe I perceive it to be. And I I think it's just something you say all the time that I just think is really important. And I think it's really important for everyone to hear that as much as possible is, you know, start everything with that beginner's mindset and don't limit yourself to not expanding your knowledge because of that.
1: Yeah. And sometimes it's a bit of an ego trip because we like to be like, Oh, I already know this. Like we we don't sometimes consciously do that, but that's kind of the place it's coming from. It's almost like an internal validation of like, Oh, I already know this. Like I don't really need to listen, but it's scientifically proven that when we say, I know this, our brain stops learning. And, um, and there's so much power to, to, um, that we can actually take on board when we kind of put that to the side. Yeah, absolutely. I want to talk
0: for a minute about the book that you've written. The Abundant Babe book. Um, I want to know, because you wrote this book, was it in two months? Is that Mm -hmm. the amount of time? Yeah. How the heck did it, now you have a program out there, Channel Your Inner Author, which is all about kind of doing the same and and kind of basically breaking down the process for other people. But can you give us a little bit of insight into what that kind of takes to
1: just get out there and Mm -hmm. do it? Yeah. I mean, like I, I blew my own mind with that to be perfectly honest, like, because I for years have been like, Oh, I'm going to write a book one day and blah, blah, blah. But it was this thing that I put on a pedestal and it was like, I thought like you had to be somewhere before you could write a book. And I really thought it was like something that you did like once you were super accomplished to like show off your skills (laughs) and because you're a super expert in something. But then I had a friend who is also a coach um write a book um and she put it out and i was like whoa <laughs> you know i was not expecting that and she actually coached me on like uh just how to actually self publish because i didn't even really know that was an option because i self published my book mm-hmm. and so she coached me on that process and and i was like okay it's a lot easier than i thought and suddenly like my perspective started to change as well on really why you have a book. And I started to see that a book isn't necessarily something that you have to like, um, you know, show off your skills, which, you know, part of me really thought like I, you know, I thought I needed to have a really like awesome success story or be super smart about a particular topic, but it's really about giving, um, giving your audience an opportunity to really get to know you in a different perspective right and a book is like one of the most accessible things people can buy from you and it's just such a powerful um tool to use to connect with your audience and to add so much value right right so when i heard that i was like damn this is like actually like a pretty amazing like i don't need to wait." it's the perfect opportunity to be able to um, connect. And I thought it was a lot easier. Like, I was like, Oh, it's way easier than I thought it was. So I was like, Hey, well, what can I write my book about? And I went into this massive internal process. Like, I don't think I've ever had as much like getting to know myself, personal development ever in my life. And that honestly up leveled me so much, like in the months that I'd written That I wrote my book, like the income I made was just like incomprehensible. Like all this crazy stuff was happening. Like, for example, we had like a property and we thought we would sell it, and we're like, maybe we should sell it two days later. It's freaking sold. Like, all this insane stuff is happening. Um, I have, you know, I don't know, just everything in my personal life and my business is going super well, but I wasn't at the time even relating it to the fact that I was writing my book. It was just when I look back, I was like, Oh damn, like a lot happened during that time. But I just, you know, I really figured out who I was, how I'd gotten to where I was and really what the value of my story was and how I could share that, like how I could basically like let people get to know me while also adding a lot of value to their life. Yes. And, and then I wrote, just sat down and wrote my book every single week for mm-hmm. the two months. Like every week, some, some weeks I wrote maybe sat down for half an hour and wrote nothing, but I still sat down Yeah. and other weeks I like it poured out of me. So, yeah. So I imagine that I haven't written my own book
0: one day, maybe not quite sure, <laughs> but I would imagine that writing a book, especially a book like this, relates a lot to journaling. You're Mm -hmm. basically journaling in a place that is accessible for other people. Mm -hmm. Do you have a favorite journal prompt that maybe somebody can start with in order to get themselves going or, or to help really kind of discover more about themselves? Do you have something that maybe tangible that
1: the listeners can use to kind of get started on that journey? Mm, yeah, that's a good question. And um, this is at, in my program. This is like the first thing we cover as well, because it's, that's the first stage is really getting to know what you and your story is all about. And I think like, I don't know if it's, I guess it's kind of a journal prompt, but it's like going back and writing down without like major judgment of whether you think like this is significant or not, but anything that stands out to you from your journey that you feel like was like a moment that's memorable for whatever reason. Like maybe this particular thing happened that you then later realize is the reason you think this particular thing, Mm -hmm. or maybe this happened and um, it opened you up to something. Like I always give the classic example of, um, I like went over to my mom's house um, after I'd moved out and she was like, Oh, I got this DVD. You should watch it. And I'm like, eh, looks lame. And she's like, no, it's really good. It's like the secret, like the the secret of like how you can like create your own life and all this stuff. And I'm like, huh? And then I like got all curious and I watched this movie and it was the secret. Yeah. And it was the movie version of the book. And I and I that like opened up a whole new world for me, but I never actually even applied or utilized that information until much later on in my life. But the reason I was open to it later on in my life is because I remembered watching that movie at 18 years old, yeah. right? Like, so it was like little things like that. that I'm like, well, how did I get into manifestation and all this woo stuff? Actually, it was because of that all those years ago. Yeah. So it was like, you know, kind of like getting to know your journey. And when you get to know your journey and you're like, oh, that's interesting. That's why I think like that. Or that's why, you know, blah, blah, blah. Then you can actually start to see a framework and a picture of your life from a very new perspective. And it's, it's a fun exercise.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think I'm going to also be looking Delicious. at that too. Because yes. um, <laughs> to me, it's amazing that, like, for example, when I decided I wanted to do this podcast, the first thing that came to me were memories of being a child and recording my own radio shows. Yeah, um, In multiple different stages of my life, I was doing that. And I didn't realize that until I was like, oh yeah, I'm actually going to go for it and stop making an excuse as to why I can't do this. Mm -hmm. Um, And once I was open to it, once I was willing to be open to, you know what, I'm going to do this and I'm going to go with it, that's when the memories of like, oh, well, that totally makes sense and this is totally in alignment and I totally see how now inner child Lauren is super happy with this because this is something she actually dreamed of doing. This is what she was doing when she was playing, when when I was little, you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. I would imagine that, you know, writing a book is the same type of a way like once you start to open yourself up to or even doing the journal you know a little bit about you know what types of things in my life like happened when Mm -hmm. I was younger that actually have shaped the way that I believe now or what I'm open to now or what I'm doing now so I think that's it's a really powerful thing and we
1: don't often look at it from that perspective like we always are looking forward Mm -hmm. um And that's okay too. But it's like when you really want to, because you're awesome, right? Like everyone, every person's awesome. And there's so many incredible things that have happened in a lifetime. And that's why I said as well, like release the judgment a little bit about whether you think it's significant or a positive or a negative thing. Like it doesn't really matter. Like It's just really like what stands out to you about your life. And then you're just like, I don't know. You like, I feel, I personally got like a whole lot more respect for myself when I did that. I was like, damn, That's amazing. I'm cool.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're like, hell yes. Go me yeah. V you have so many things going on. You have multiple programs that you're running and you've got this whole schedule of them. Like when they're coming out all the time, what's next for you? Do you have like things up your sleeve? Well, first of all, is it something that you can share with us that it's not a secret, but What's next? Like, do you have your sights on anything that you're waiting to like bring out into the world?
1: Mm, Yeah, I mean, um, I have this like really incredible like schedule of the programs that I'm running um, planned out for the whole rest, for the whole year. Um, And we've got some more travel and all that kind of stuff planned. I'm I'm running my first like um, publicly announced um, mastermind coming up. But one of the things that I'm really, really excited about um, which there's only like the most minor things put in place. So, like, you guys are the first to hear about it type thing. Uh-huh. Is um, I'm going to be running actual in person events um, coming later this year. Yeah. Yay. Oh, that'll be so exciting. And I'm so excited because I actually used to do a lot of events. I used to do a ton of public speaking in New Zealand. And um, like, I would just get asked to speak at events or I would. I would also host events, but they were always kind of like, well, they were amazing events, but they were like really exclusive to people that I worked with or things like that. Um, and re- recently I've been getting this real pull, like, because I love doing that kind of stuff. I just haven't in ages. Yeah. And then as soon as we arrived in North America, I was like, yep, this is the energy that I've been waiting for. It's coming. <laughs> you
0: gonna come yeah. down to the East Coast of America?
1: Well, I'm on the East coast of Canada. Well, I mean, I it's not, not that far, anyway. right? Exactly.
0: Yeah. Oh, yes. We would love to have you in this area. Obviously I would totally be there. Um, let me know girl. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, okay. So is there any other tips, anything else you want to share with the listeners that we didn't cover, but you think is really important to say any last words of advice, wisdom, anything like that?
1: I think the main thing that's coming to my head right now is just that as, as much as it doesn't feel like it at times, we have the power to choose what we think, right? And the reason why this is such an important thing to choose what we think is because the way that we think often dictates the way we feel and the way we feel then dictates the way we act. And then of course, how we act in the world is the results that we then call back into our lives. And then also like the way we feel is like our major manifestation barometer. So that's also an important one. But um, what I mean by that is we we feel like, and I feel this all the time, that thoughts are just choosing me, you know, that thoughts are just coming to my mind and I have no control over them. And if I'm thinking, then they must be real when that is like, so not the case. I actually have like a whole chapter in my book on this, but it's like our thoughts are either coming from a, a limiting belief space or a limitless space. So they're either coming from a space where they are limiting us or they're allowing us to step into our, um, our expansion, which is available for us. Right. Right. So, um, As you go about life, like as you're listening to these things, or like even like sometimes I've had this, so that's why I'm bringing it up. But like listening to a podcast and you're just like, oh yeah, that's BS. It's like, well, is that a limiting thought or a limitless thought right now? Right? Like, check yourself. And the same when it comes to your goals or um, anything that you want to pursue or a business, really tapping back into that space and becoming hyper aware of the thoughts that you are thinking because when you shift that, even though it feels so minor, massive things can shift in your life. So I mean, I'm all about that, right? Like I always say, the biggest shifts in our life don't come from big things. They come from these little, little, little subtle shifts. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I love that. So tell our listeners if they want to come and be your friend. And by the way, guys listening, Viola is so cool on Instagram, Facebook, whatever. You want to be her friend, she will be your friend. So don't be afraid of her, but how can they get in touch with you? How can they follow you, follow along your story, buy your book, find your program, tell us all the ways to kind of get in contact with you.
1: Okay. Amazing. I'm going to say that the best hub to start is violahug.com because that's where everything you listed is found. Like you can find my social media links, my book there, uh, my programs, but then of course, please come be friends with me on Instagram and on Facebook. Um, I'm at Viola hug. Like if you basically search Viola hug on anything, you'll find me. And, um, yeah, I hang out a lot of my Instagram stories. I get like super deep and meaningful. I'm like, damn, I'm deep when I read my Instagram posts, <laughs> but I'm, I'm a lot more fun on my stories. And, um, Yeah, on Facebook, I hang out a lot as well. I have a Facebook group called Abundant Babes, A Home for the Visionary, and my podcast, Abundant Babes, A Home for the Visionary. My book is on Amazon and Book Depository. It's called You Are an Abundant Babe. It'll come up if you search it. Um, And those are basically the main things. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again for joining
0: me, for agreeing to be a guest on this podcast, for helping me realize that I don't have to wait for one day to start a podcast that I could do it right now because you were a big push on that for me. And um, yeah, I've just loved having you on and I know someday I will have you back. (laughs) We can talk about so much more. (laughs)
1: Seriously, Lauren, like we could talk about anything. (laughs) But thank you so much for having me on. It's been super, super fun having this chat and um, hello uh, and goodbye, I guess, to everyone listening as well. It's been super cool connecting with you too. Awesome. All right, listeners, that's
0: it for today. We will chat with you later. Bye. Okay, my friends, that's it. That's the end of the episode. Thank you so much for sticking around, for listening. And if you've enjoyed this episode, if you're enjoying this podcast, please go and hit that subscribe button, leave me a rating or a review, and share it with your friends. I'll be eternally grateful.